All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. Before we get started, really quickly, if you guys could please take the time to subscribe to the YouTube channel, I would very much appreciate that. We love the support we've been getting. We just passed over 200 subscribers this past week, um, but that's step one, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We also have like a little link in the description to these videos that takes you to all of our social media profiles. If you guys could click that and follow all of our profiles, I'd appreciate that as well. Today, we're going to be recording three more episodes. We have about <laughs> three more weeks or f- I think three or four more weeks of this before right. before Luke's uh, um job change and then we're going to be able to start recording at night should be a different energy start having beer instead of coffee should be a little bit more fun um but uh we're going to be covering the fifth episode of andor today as well as the sixth episode of the rings of power and the seventh episode of the house of the dragon so um uh lots and lots of uh, uh content to get to today um with the star wars episode Actually, no, wait, wait, we got we have a story to tell first. <laughs> Luke. And this is this is the one thing I'm gonna say to set up the story, and then I'm gonna have Luke tell it. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty responsible guy. Like I feel like I'm slightly above average when it comes to just like having being on top of my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Luke is like the like the person I know that is most responsible, most on top of his stuff, most like careful and safe. And I mean that as a compliment. Like you you do your due diligence in every situation. And he had something truly incredible and I believe life-threatening happening happened to him last week. So I'm going to let him take over from here. <laughs> it was actually truly life, life-threatening. I, um, I came out pretty unscathed for how bad it could have been. Um, so for our viewers, if, if you guys do know what a Murphy bed is, tune out for the next 15 seconds. But... <laughs> If you don't know what a Murphy bed is, essentially they are, you know, proper beds that essentially fold out of the wall into like an L-shaped position. And um, because of that, they they need a lot of strength in, in the hydraulics or the springs in order to, to do their job, in order to assist, I don't know, like an elderly lady pulling an entire bed off a wall, right? So, uh-huh. so those springs are under just incredible load. And, um, I needed to remove one from our wall and I knew I'd I'd probably said it five times before I started working on it is, Hey, Murphy beds are super dangerous. They've injured my patients in the past. Like I did like a little PSA to myself and Carly told me that you told Elena that you were like, I probably shouldn't be doing this by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm, I had the, the Murphy bed deployed and the mattress was off of it. So I was standing on the platform in which the mattress used to be on. And, uh, I started loosening screws from the frame that was still attached to the wall. And long story short, I didn't think that these screws that I was loosening were actually holding the entire Murphy bed to the wall. There's five regular like deck screws and there's like no like lag bolts that were in place. I mean, it was like the most bare minimum that this Murphy bed could have been held to the wall. So I got to the last screw and it was a tight little booger and, uh, I got like a crowbar out and I was like trying to like just loosen up the screw a little bit and all of a sudden it just gave way and in the span of a, you know, a fraction of a second, I went from being completely standing normally 
to just being slammed into the ground by this Murphy bed frame. And what was scary about it is uh, it was like neck, head, tooth height, <laughs> the frame. So it's like a, like a, the frame is like a two by four and the, the two by four basically was like, you know, might as well your head into the ground. So it literally depleted me. My feet went up into the air and I got slammed into the ground so hard that on my right arm, I have like imprinted wrinkled shirt pattern <laughs> <laughs> and I was pinned underneath the Smurfy bed and, uh, it was, it mouse trapped me. And I yelled out for Elena and thankfully she was able to get me loose and I kind of slid my, my head out from under it. So like all the pressure was across, um, my ears and, and my neck and my head and my jaw. And, um, somehow I, I was lucky enough to be sideways instead of like full oh, dude, frontal. Can you imagine? I, oh. I would have lost all my teeth, but I get, you know, I, Elena lets me get out of the, the mouse trap. And I went to like a knee and the first thing that I saw is just blood streaming from my head. And then soon after that, I spit out part of my molar. (laughs) And then I kind of get my wits and actually that entire day is a blur. And Elena, I knew it was serious because she's like, well, you're going to the ER. And like for her just to say that right off the bat, like she's very composed. She's like, you're going to the ER. We were talking about that late as like just like this person that comes into the the situation and is just super calm, like never too high, never too low, just like let's take care of stuff. <laughs> right. So I was like, literally, Jay, this is the most pain I've ever been in <laughs> in my entire life. And I've broken bones before. Like this is like the real deal. So I'm like, yeah, I need to go to the ER because I had actually thought I broke my jaw. Like I could hardly move my jaw. Like I spit out part of my tooth. Like and I was Your ear bleeding. was damn near ripped off. Well, yeah. So like we're, you know, finally in the ER waiting room, which by the way, I got phenomenal care. Um, and is was that new, that new hospital off of Houghton? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, got great care and got in, you know, I was lucky enough to get a CT scan of like my jaw and my, my head and my neck. And those were fine. My arm was fine. And, um, in the waiting room though, <laughs> Elena's sitting there. I'm like, this hurts pretty bad. And she's like, yeah, well, it is pretty bad. She's like, you're missing part of your ear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, I guess there's like a bunch of like cartilage exposed and stuff. Oh. And I've got, you know, 14 sutures inside of my head and ear. Um, I was looking back at pictures and man, those, some of those, you know, really, you look deep. a lot better now. Yeah. So now I've got, you know, you can't really see it on the screen, but like my jaw, it looks like I've gained, you know, now, now 20 pounds yesterday. It looked like I gained 30 pounds, but the swelling's coming down. You know, I got my tooth fixed yesterday, which is good. And then I'm going to have my sutures pulled, you know, in, in about a week or so. So I'm on the mend. Uh, could have been way, way worse. I'm, I'm actually lucky I didn't get more injured, even though I got just completely jacked up, as I used to say on on ESPN in the morning. <laughs> remember, <laughs> oh, he got yeah. jacked well, up. The, the thing that's wild is like you're the, when you were telling me how like the the area around your ears is actually the hardest part of your skull, like the most yeah. tough part of your skull. Because like w- when we were talking about this, and like I mean, I saw the picture from the day of. Like he he was his head was about 150% its normal width. Like it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was insane. Like, and big brain. Exactly. And like, and Luke, like Luke is a, a six foot four, big, strong dude in this Murphy bed. Just, just destroyed him. <laughs> and like, and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, 
I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, if that was a kid, yeah, if that was an elderly lady or, or man, like, it was super like scary. That could have been fatal. Like, it cr- it cracked your damn tooth out of your mouth. I know, like, it's insane. It like, was wild. It oh, was and gosh. like it was. It happened so fast that it literally went from just standing there thinking about my project to just being on the ground, just knowing that I was jacked up <laughs> i texted him i was like i was like i'm excited to meet near death experience luke yeah it actually he, changed me yeah and he's like he said something along the lines of like yeah now now that i know that in every situation death is like right around me <laughs> I know. so that's our um public service announcement for anybody who's around murphy beds and and quite quite honestly i'm i could not be happier i got that thing out of my house because there was almost nothing holding it to the wall whoever installed it did not do a proper job and uh it was super scary like could you imagine like a little kid sitting at the edge of that bed and having the frame come down oh off the gosh. wall onto them it, I, oh dude it's it's it was like it almost not to sound dramatic but the night it happened i was thinking about everything and it like almost brought me to tears because i was so scared about what could have happened dude like it literally like it, it, and and for the way like i was sitting there thinking too just with how heavy that thing is for five screws to be holding it for all you know, it could have just gone one day, even if you weren't disassembling Seriously. it. Well, know? and that's assuming that the studs are even doing their job. Because if, if you know, this this house is built in the 80s, right? There's definitely some opportunities for termites to get in on studs. And if those if, if those studs were compromised, I mean, it, it was like literally just bad all around. So, you know, and like, like I said, I mean, it was to the point where I didn't even think I was nearing it coming off the wall. And then one tiny screw was holding it. And there was so much force that this screw literally got pulled through the wood. The screw's still in the wall uh-huh. right now. And the it screw got pulled, got pulled through the, frame, through of the, the frame of the wood. And then the frame crashed on me. Yeah, again, like Luke's the guy that like we're going on a ski trip and there's like 14 bungee cords holding all our stuff to yeah. the top. And he's like, we need a 15th. Let's get out of there. <laughs> so, it's actually true. So like, so yeah, I, 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 I would imagine that you were under the impression that everything was under control when suddenly yeah. it wasn't. So no. yeah. Point being, Murphy bets. Be very careful around them. Exactly. Um, so this Star Wars episode, this Andor episode, uh, another I, like I could I could not believe they didn't get to the mission Dude. on this episode. Like it, the pacing in this show, I'm enjoying it. It's enjoyable. Yeah. But like, holy cow, could it be going any slower? We are five episodes in yeah. this thing. It's there's insane. there's a lot of staging that's happening right now. But far more than I could have ever expected, especially in today's society where everyone just is so bored so easily. You know what I mean? Like everyone constantly needs to be, you know, entertained and for them to invest five episodes into just laying the the plot down for what seems like just like a mid-season, you know, mid-season, um, uh, mid-season like uh, mission, mission. Yeah, right? it like, doesn't seem like that consequential. This mission, doesn't yeah. seem like the mission of the entire season by any means. <laughs> Could you imagine if it was? Yeah. Well, but we that's just get... maybe that's the case. Maybe things are going to go so sad. Because if you remember, there was a moment there towards the end with Luthen and his presumably his paramour, whatever the the lady is that works with him in that an- antique shop. Yeah, and he's he says something like, or she says something like, "This will all be over tomorrow." And then, um, and then uh, he goes, or it'll all just be starting. True. And I think that's kind of the idea. Is I think this is going to be the thing that kickstarts a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think our ISB agent, the the female, I think mm-hmm. she's going to end up getting involved after this. So, so I think that's what they're setting up. Do you think she could end up being good? 
Um, they they paint her out as a as a likable character, um, but I think that I think it's important to have likable characters within the empire. Right, someone who's, who's driven by duty and loyalty rather than morality. Because you know it I mean? is something that they're really really pushing just in other aspects of Star Wars too, especially even Thrawn. Oh, for sure. Um, but I'm almost thinking that she might be like undercover secret agent type vibe, where she maybe is part of the rebels. Because she's huh. trying so hard to get involved in that area of this of the galaxy, and and um, she's incredibly involved in in trying to get like information from that area too. And I'm wondering if she's kind of trying to look out for people and get more info. That's a super interesting angle. I did not go that route, so that's good. I want to. I'm going to pay closer attention to that in the next few episodes. I did think it was interesting. I loved that line when she was like, "If I was going to do it, this is how I would do it." Yeah, you know, by spreading out, never climb the same fence twice. That kind of thing. I thought that. I thought that was super interesting. And yeah, it does make sense. Like all these different thieve uh, or um, thefts that are taking place in all these different places in the galaxy, but never the same place twice. You would think that, like, if there was a specific place that was weak, right. There'd be you know two thefts there or something True. along those lines. That was that was an interesting concept. Before True. we get into the details, though, like I, you know, and this is this has been kind of a steady theme with Star Wars since they uh, since they began um, doing these TV shows with the Mandalorian. They're very like um, Game of Thrones has such an ability to leave you with cliffhangers. Or right. to leave you stunned at the end of an episode. Right. Like, it's either something that is directly leading into something crazy or something crazy at the end of almost every episode. And so every episode, as a result, every episode holds so much weight. Right. And uh, I, they, they did this with The Mandalorian with the chap, the, how they call them chapters. And there's almost closure to every chapter. It's like, yeah. it's like that episode where the Mandalorian helps all those villagers against the ATST. Sure. It's there's like, like little mini, mini. Um tasks that were being completed yeah and then like when it's done it's like it's kind of like the village is at peace now and now the mandalorian's on his way like right. star wars does and, and here's the thing like i'm like you don't have to copy and game of thrones can get like carly and i were talking about this the other day like game of thrones can get very frivolous with its random use of violence and sex to the point where it's like it doesn't even make sense in the plot They're true just, like you know like this guy's naked for no reason or this girl's <laughs> naked for no reason or, or like this this dude's just gonna have his throat slit in the most dramatic way <laughs> for no reason like that that right. kind of thing happens quite a bit and like so i i appreciate that like star wars is at the, at the very least like standing on the strength of its own narrative rather than like ploys to trying to keep our attention but at the same time it's like all right i'm ready for us to get to the point here exactly exactly but i think it'll i think it'll escalate pretty quickly after this mission i'd like to think so I, i'd like to think that the mission is going to happen next episode too. oh I god i hope so. <laughs> so 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 you know i i foresee three things being able to to occur because of this either one they the mission goes off with, without a hitch probably not um number two uh it just completely fails and they get obliterated or number three and maybe a combination of these things but perhaps there's some prisoners that are taken and maybe that's what the rest of the season is is them trying to to get their prisoners back mm -hmm. but i'm i'm super curious to see how What's it your unravels guess? Take, a, take, a, take a guess i think um i don't know this is probably a boring take and, and i know that there's a very fair chance that i'm going to be wrong but i think the mission is actually going to go off relatively well i think there's probably going to be at least one or two deaths a part of the rebels um i don't think that there's going to be like a prisoner hostage situation i think that that's that just kind of sounds boring to me like i, I kind of want i i want this mission to go like i want andor to get a, a vibe or a feel for the rebels 
gain a liking to it, understand his purpose, which obviously is to join the rebels at some, you know, at some point, you know, I, I've been watching rogue one and he's obviously one of the most important rebels there are. Um, yeah, he's so, basically like their top secret agent. Yeah. So, so I'd like, you know, this, this mission to happen, maybe it doesn't go off great. Maybe that fuels his, his desire to be a part of the rebels. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to try and get into more of the Coruscant. It's really interesting to me that Cyril, the, um, like the third party, um, what, like the, what, the security, the security, corporation, yeah, whatever corporation it was, guy. Yeah. It's really interesting that he's on Coruscant, that his mom lives in Coruscant. Like, obviously, he's going to play a huge role in this. You know, the, the end of the episode is him just staring at Andor in, <laughs> in that in the hologram. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd like to just move on from this, from that, you know, heist scene. So my theory is that uh, things are going to go south in some way on the mission, obviously. Um, Andor is going to end up saving the mission. There will be rebel casualties. Um, there's going to be some sort of additional unintended escalation. Like a, um, uh, They're supposed to just steal this payroll. Yeah. I believe there will be some additional destruction of uh, Imperial property uh. that will draw more attention than they originally planned. I see. That will get blonde-haired ISB chick involved. That's my theory as of right now. But again, hey, I have to make predictions for my job at the volume and you're just the business of making pr- predictions right. being wrong. Like, yeah, exactly. So well, we, might, we might both be very wrong. True. And Disney's job right now is to keep us intrigued. And exactly. if, if everyone can predict everything that's going to happen, you know, that's, there's no fun in that. Exactly. Right. So yeah, I think, I think you and I will definitely be wrong about some stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it to move on. It, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not losing interest per se, but uh, I could see how like the general population would have been losing Tuned interest by now. By yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought the purpose of this episode was to tell the backstory of the team. We, yeah. meet, we meet the manifesto guy, which was interesting. There's this uh, the female that's very uh, quiet. Um, yeah. There's the killed my brother guy who who's very, very anti-Cassian, but seems right. like generally untrustworthy. Um, or untrusting untrusting sorry yeah, uh-huh. and i think i think the whole i think the whole point of all that is they have to have some intention for those characters to be involved throughout the show otherwise you would waste an episode oh. developing their characters that's an interesting point um, or that just makes their death more intense or yeah or those two guys will be guys who die in the, yeah. in the coming conflict i thought that Cassian's speech about fear was super interesting because I loved like, it. Yeah, it was really cool. There's this moment where he's getting confronted, obviously, over the Kyber crystal. Kyber, and it makes sense because you you realize like she had to bring him without telling them about Luthen. Uh, she had to act like this was part of the plan the whole time that she's just now bringing him into the into the right. mix. All these other people there are there for the cause, right? And he's there for the money, which yep. obviously drives a little bit of a wedge. But what I thought was interesting is Cassian kind of has like a like a wake up call moment uh, for them, basically right. being like, like guys, like like I've and what was dripping out of that speech is like I've done this before, like, right? This is what I I've do. been a cook. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah I did one fourth of my activities were ma- vaguely yeah. rebel related the others three fourths I've been scared of related. making beans but I've made the beans <laughs> no I know I, I got that I got that vibe too Jason where it's like it, it did it was dripping like hey I've got I've got um, experience here of course I'm scared all you jokers are scared too yeah, don't lie to you me, know don't know. lie to me and either you're gonna be scared and like turn that into fuel or you're gonna be scared and have a little fit and ruin the mission exactly yeah Dude, and actually it's kind of funny because like I think all of us I, obviously you and I aren't gearing up to go steal 
credits from the empire tomorrow. But I think all of us get that. Like, you know, there's certain, there's certain, uh, parts in our lives when we're looking at a monumentous task in front of us, literally it feels like we're about to climb a mountain and we're obviously, obviously scared. And we say, yep, I'm scared right now. I've just got to do it though. We're just going to do it. And I think that's what that, that speech, like it's point of no return. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Hey, we're here. Well, what did he say to, what did he say to lose my brother guy? He was like, he said something along the lines of like, like, Hey dude, like it's the day before I get it. You're scared. But if you want to yeah. back out, like, don't blame me. Just, just right. back out. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, like, there's going to be something. He's like, there's going to be something. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, I thought that was a really, really cool speech. Um, Mon Mo- there was a Mon Mothma, a uh, couple of Mon Mothma scenes. I'm getting, uh, we don't know much about Shandril and culture. Um, you learn a little bit about it in the aftermath trilogy, which is a series of books that sets up kind of the dynamic between the first order and the new Republic. Yeah. Um, good books, but that are undermined by the ridiculousness of the sequel of the trilogy. Movies. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you, you learn a little bit of Shandril and tro- about Shandril and culture. It's, it's similar to, uh, um, to Alderaan in a lot of different ways, but the, the gist of it is like, I get, I get almost like a political marriage vibe from her and her husband I do like, too. like they're married more for purpose rather than for romance right and it almost seems like the father is driving a wedge between the daughter and the mother to right. pick up that vibe that, for that sure vibe at all? yeah the daughter's obviously exceedingly frustrated with what what her life is and maybe the lack of a relationship with her and mon mothma and then the father's not really backing mon mothma up at all right he's just he's just kind of letting the daughter be the brat a brat, a brat to Mon Mothma and he's just kind of letting it happen. But it's probably true. I mean, there, there's probably some truth to the daughter's side too. Like, could you imagine having your mom be a senator? And, and she's just never around. Yeah, and also she's not only that, she's super, super busy with her real job and then on top of that, she's starting like a rebellion yeah, against the entire government of the entire galaxy. Like, the scale of Star Wars is insane. Oh, dude. Like, I think of, I think of the different cultures that like we see on our planet. Like, how different we are from let's just say Africa, like in the middle of Africa, right? So, so like, and we, we see that as like foreign. No, like what foreign is in Star Wars is a planet you've never heard of that's light years away from exactly. You. And then there's a there's a government running all of that. So, so like the scale of it is huge. So like you know, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mon Mothma like every single waking moment of her day is used up. And yeah, that'd suck to be a daughter. Of that, like, could you imagine? What's the name of the planet where the mission's taking place again? I literally just told you before, just because I, I, I knew we were right going to forget. But um, I wrote it down. Um, Aldani. Aldani. Yeah. So yeah, I, the, there was a moment where the the those uh, imperial like just lower level guards or whatever said something along the lines of like, "This is not exactly the most desirable <laughs> station." I thought the exact same thing. Like when I lived in Charlotte with Carly, like there was this feeling of great distance between me and my family. Obviously we were like almost 2000 miles away, Yeah, but it's like, imagine being like, Oh gosh, I just got stationed on Aldani. Like I'm literally going to be <laughs> right. L- like hundreds of light years away from, no. from where, from where I was. Like, and the guy's family is like, what's Aldani? <laughs> you know I know. What I mean? like, and he's like, well, I there, read about it last pretty, night. There's pretty mountains. I hear there's a great view off the top of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> They're on top of the, the wall. The, yeah. the, uh, the other thing too, that, that, uh, that I thought was interesting is just the dynamic of like Mon Mothma basically, basically being the one who's like, I am going to step to the dark Lord of the Sith and we'll see how this goes. Like not man to man, but politically she's like, yeah, she knows what Palpatine is. She knows 
the what's at stake here and she's like i'm going for it and she actually said at one point in the last episode she's like if this all goes down who do you think yeah. goes down first it's me for you sure know? for sure um so the last notes i had there was uh that Luth- the scene with Luth- luthan he's like obsessively checking his communication device even though there's no tra- uh, goodness wouldn't you in. I, I would totally be that too. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That'd be work. so stressful. He specifically say, states that Cassian is kind of like a loose end that he didn't take very, very much care with. Right. Um, and then we, we were, uh, we mentioned this earlier, but no, really idea. quick uh, on that idea. So, so I'm glad that they mentioned that because <clears throat> you know, that, that team had been there on Aldani for how many months getting ready for this or supposedly getting ready for this. Holy cow. Are there a lot of, uh, issues with their plan but yeah. um geez like day before they're like okay like how are we gonna fly this thing <laughs> yeah wait what were they doing the previous months i know seriously but anyways I, I like that they like highlighted that because i i think that's just good writing i i really do you know like because it, it would have been really glaring if they didn't say something like that where it's just like okay like this lock tight team where everyone knows each other super super well and they're planning and then you just add this guy and you know the world goes on it's like no like luthan was aware that 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 was potentially a, a, huge a critical error and and I, I, I just thought it was good writing that they put that in there yeah so my theory now though is that they knew they were going to have issues locating that like fancy whatever weight measurement thing oh yeah and that basically the idea is that they were uh uh she must have contacted luthan and been like hey this is my biggest question mark about this mission and she must have he must have been like well i've heard about this guy who's been stealing ship parts oh he, he clearly has some experience there or something i along see those lines. yeah um, that Cyr- makes sense. So Cyril's mom calls in a favor with their uncle. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I believe that the idea there is he's going to end up getting some sort of high-ranking imperial, like like a, like a lieutenant commander type position, mm. like a low-level imperial navy position or something like that, or with the ISB. There's a lot of hinting of that in the Thrawn trilogy about like political favors getting people oh, military right, right, right. positions. Yeah. So I think that's what they're getting at there. You like you mentioned it earlier, but like he's just obsessively staring at a picture of Cassian. Like he clearly views that as a loose end. Exceedingly motivated. And now he's been humiliated by him. So like right. I, I think that that's where that's particularly heading. And he doesn't exactly seem humbled by what happened. He's still very much a, a doucher. Yeah. So it's um his dynamic with his mom is really interesting to me because I think that the way that the mom was portraying herself, like as an actress and the way that that like small family dynamic of two that was occurring was very interesting to me because there's certain people in my life and this is not a bad thing by any means. There's certain people in my life that carry themselves. Like if you didn't know who they were and if you were just seated in a room with them, you'd think this person is a billionaire. Like the way that they carry themselves is super proper. The way that they dress, like the way that they like, you know, speak with other people, their ability, their uh, intuitiveness to, to, you know, have meaningful communication and to read people. They seem just very proper. And then you'd like go to their house and be like, oh, like I completely read this person wrong. And, and like the mom just exudes Coruscant, you know? And I think that, that, that actress did a phenomenal job because like so many people in Coruscant, I'm sure are like chasing the power and never make it. That doesn't mean that they're not, you know, uh, capable of it just means that the numbers weren't there. Mm-hmm. Like there's only so many people that can be Mon Mothma, right? So, so that, that was, I just, I just like a side note that 
actress I thought was doing a phenomenal job playing that part. This is really neat to that's, see. That's really interesting. Like she's like she she's your textbook like hyper materialistic corsant like cl- pro- probably a fringe member of a wealthy family. Right. Like like her uncle's chain of the family must right. be more or her brother I'm assuming must be more successful but she yeah. dreams of having that one day and her hope she there's very much of like a disappointed mother thing going on. That For was sure. such a weird thing where she's like oh you're slouching that means you're going to dis- like everyone's going to see you and think you're going right. to disappoint them. You're like, That's exactly oh, what I'm okay. talking about. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. And then yet they're in you know the medium levels it looks like of Coruscant in in like a relatively small apartment. So, so I I just thought that like that had just exuded what I pictured like a lot of the families in Coruscant being like, and and I thought that was really neat uh, for them to do that. They just, they absolutely nailed that. Did we touch on um, the ISB chicks mention of all the different? Yes, we did. And then the last was Lieutenant Gorn and we heard about He's the, the their inside man for this mission, and right. turns out he fell in love with somebody a local, a local. Like. As a result, lost a promotion, and then presumably somebody in the empire killed this right. woman, and now he's like, he's done. done. He's I'm done. done. Yeah. The only thing that I had is, you know, <clears throat> I'm singing high praises of of Andor right now. There was one part that like really distracted me. So like this is the first time that I feel like I've been pulled out of like the Star Wars universe when I was watching it. Let's hear it. Um, so so first of all, like another good detail is even when they were walking out of their camp, did you notice how the goats were were free in the pasture? So like they had a like a low scene where the gate was open and then the goats were like on the other side of the gate just to signify like hey like we're not coming back. Like this is this is the mission. If it goes great we're gone if it fails we're gone right that's so interesting so like they put so the goats are free now kind of yeah they put so much detail even into that but then they can't even get their their um positioning set up for for how they're holding guns right so so oh yeah they're driving me crazy holding it with the right hand and then the fourth was holding it with his left hand well it was two and two but what was happening is as they're marching um two of them had their guns pointed out from the group and then two of them had their guns like pointed in towards the group like at each other which was driving me crazy the other thing too is like cassian had his finger on the trigger as he was talking to everyone again (laughs) just absolutely driving me anybody who like owns a gun just knows that like your finger does not go on the trigger unless you're ready to shoot so apparently cassian was ready to shoot somebody and uh third uh, Cassian calls him out. He's like, no, you guys are, you're left-handed and you're right-handed. Um, that's a problem. And then he switches them to be worse. So yeah, like, I didn't understand the dynamic there because I was like, like, I don't, I don't, there's one left-handed guy and a bunch of right-handed guys. Like there's no perfect version of this where it all works out for people. So like I do, like if you're right-handed, if I'm right-handed and if you're left-handed, I'd want to be on the left because then the way I can rotate my body is a lot easier to shoot out from there. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? So so, so with that, he literally switched them <laughs> to be worse and and to essentially have to shoot across the group. That's so so, so, so it was just like... I didn't like, even notice that. So, and like not even a big deal and people probably don't give a crap. But like it's so funny. They put all this detail into the point of like letting these goats be out in a pasture to end a scene. But then like tactfully they made like a critical error in my book it just drove me crazy but maybe who knows maybe that's how the empire maybe that's part of the scene maybe maybe next episode they're like what are these jokers doing <laughs> why are they standing like that like they're it gonna actually sh- it actually gives them away right yeah. they're gonna shoot each other look but andor andor mr you know tactician should have <laughs> known anyways Did you have anything else in that notes? was it 
All right, guys, as always, we sincerely appreciate your support. Keep an eye on the feeds. The next couple of days, we'll have House of the Dragon and Rings of Power coming out. Thanks a lot.